somebody's <laughs> advertising a back to school sale on an HP laptop as a private seller of a used laptop. Happy back to school. People do strange Daniel things. By Justin. Right at the beginning, too. We're not at Mugs and Meeple. Hey, now it's extra quiet. He it shut is the door. Quiet. He's an air conditioner in there, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. Well, that's nice to not hear that. Yeah. We're not at Mugs and Meeple's this week. This one's an in-between one. My uh, mayoral candidate hasn't got back to me yet. And I'm sure he's busy doing mayor things. And next week is just incredibly busy. There's not a day off between now and when I go away from my workshop, actually. It's all just a mix of weddings and regular stuff. So this is a good in-between. So welcome once again to my living room slash dining room slash rectangle table but it's a round table it's a lot of things in one i mean you do have the kitchen and you have the dining room because you have this and you have the living room because you have a couch but it's also your office mm -hmm. and it's also well i guess the living room function continues on to having the tv in the in the area for that and in a few steps away is your balcony right i think we can agree that this space works a lot better without a dining room table it does i don't really know what you would do if you just had a a real like a dining room table and the island it's kind of well i had the redundant. dining room table and when melissa and i were setting up there was no way even though technically it fits there was no way it was going to look good there so we got rid of it benita the the happy vegan from down below she has a dining room table but it's a very small dining room table so just she got an upgrade hmm did she get an upgrade no I still I like my dining room table and eventually I'm going to use it in a house but her dining room table is probably just around the same size as the one that we used to do at Tila the one that we did this show on at Tila's mm -hmm. so it fits a little bit better over there but mine's a full size hey let's have family over dining room table that'll is, that'll be nice having a house and you you know get like a big eight to twelve persons kind of size table something yeah. really big then we have an eight to twelve person size podcast that would be really confusing. <laughs> There'd be a lot of talking over each other. I don't think it would work. Well, we're not going to do a culmination of everybody at the end of the year. Get them all on at the same Bring time. Bring Jesse, G, Alex, Bill. What if What if it was like Justin. an automated process where you just got those people and we stepped up, stepped back and you got them to like interview each other? <laughs> that would be pretty meta. I feel like there's a few people mixed into that that probably don't want to no. share stories together no but man it would it would get some weird <laughs> chemistry going just where people knowing each other by proximity to other people yeah Oof. knowing each other by close proximity Ugh. sounds like facebook a little bit and and because we had on and say on the podcast and she's friends with like literally everybody on facebook every time somebody tries to add me it says that i have a mutual friend with Antea, and then i wonder okay how do i know this person and then I ask them, I'm like, have we ever met before I accept the friend request? And then they will tell me, no, for the most part, they'll tell me no. And, any and any just, friend of Antea is a friend of mine. Apparently, <laughs> apparently a mutual friend of mine and, and, and enough to try to add me. And somebody said it was because of my photography that they, they added me and they were looking for some kind of photography services. And they haven't gotten back to me yet, so maybe they are interested in something I offer. But I was confused because on my personal Facebook account, the photos I post are probably mostly just interesting to family members it's just like pictures of oh i went on a hike and 
and did whatever. It's not the kind of stuff, like, it's not like an Instagram page where I'm trying to get those hashtags and trying to get that outreach. So it'd be strange for somebody to find me in that way. What did Antea call you at the end of that podcast? She called me a bear and she called you a twink. A twink. Yeah. They're all adding you because they're looking for prime twinks. Maybe. That'll, the last guy seemed to have a girlfriend. Although his girlfriend, <laughs> it was funny because his girlfriend looks exactly like him. They have the same hairstyle, very similar faces. It's it was funny. I saw the picture and I wasn't sure if they were lesbians at first. But then I figured out he was a guy. And uh, How'd you figure that out? I don't I, I mean, I read his name and it's clearly a man's name and, and so forth. I guess that's fair. Yeah. And I, nothing would indicate to me that no, they're a woman. No lesbian ever has changed her name to a male name. I, I don't think that they're a woman. Unless they're trans and there's a whole lot more to it than what I'm seeing on the surface, but I don't think so. Mm. Speaking of, well, yeah, no, there's lots of things that are related to Antea, and, and most of it not directly to her, but but somebody that was really into horses as well um, had posted something on one of the Niagara buy and sell groups, and I found out firsthand why I, I have certain interests in like just building sheds for like a, a side job, something to do on the weekends. And I just found out firsthand the customer service experience of that would be just, I would want to kill myself <laughs> because talking to this person for all of like five minutes was terrible. They had an ad up and it was just, they had a picture of like some kind of horse. I don't know if it was like for feed or for what, or maybe if it was for horses itself, but it was just this shed looking thing. And, and they were asking like, I want to hire somebody to build this for me. And, and you like, got excited. Uh, Tila showed it to me and she said okay like do you are you interested and I was like yeah I'll contact them whatever contacted them said okay how big do you want this thing built and when do you want it built by and they said they wanted to buy like 10 by 18 feet and I was like okay and and then I was I was like that's within height obviously um and they're like yes or no, within in length and I'm like what's what's the height and then they didn't really have much to say they just wanted it done in three to four weeks and I was like, okay, it was simple enough. It was like a just a wooden framed metal sheeted on the side, nothing fancy about it. I don't even think it had windows, it was just a box. And and then I told them, I'm like, okay. So since of this a certain size, it's 10 by 18, that's over 10 squared meters, which in most municipalities means you both need a permit and you would need a cement pad probably or some kind of foundational structure right. underneath it it's just good building anyways if you're going to build something that big regardless of whether you need it or not and the person then proceeded just to act as if like they're like well you're clearly not the right person for the job and then told me that it's a class three or some number structure and that it was on the back 40 so and then i looked up what that meant as for the structure and all I could find is that like people were referring to dog houses in the same like classification as what they're building. I'm like, this is not a dog house. This is something much bigger. But maybe the, I don't really understand what that was about. Maybe it's something that people that are into horses know about. And I could ask Antea related to this. But more importantly, the back forty isn't an excuse not to get a building permit. Not at all. Yeah, and and that lingo too. Like I was fairly sure what they meant by it, but it. I looked it up specifically and it just said that's what people typically call the back of their property if they, if they own like farm fields or whatever they have you know back 40 acres and stuff that's not really the stuff that's visible to the public or whatever okay <laughs> great you want me to illegally build something on your property just because you're sure that nobody will see it that's i don't i'm not interested in building it anymore 
<laughs> so anyways, I told him good luck, but I, yeah, I don't want to deal with people like that at all if I'm building sheds. I have a feeling that you deal with a lot of people like that. People not realizing that they need permits for sheds depending on the size, depending on the height, depending on stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just, if I'm going, if you're going to hire me to build you a structure, I need them to recognize me as the expert in the situation because if they think they know better than me, build it yourself. yourself. Why are you asking me to do this, right? When I get told to, you know, we, we get the plans or whatever for a house to build for like Mountain View or Empire or some builder like that for, for residential framing, we don't sit there and tell them how to build the damn thing. They tell us what the rules are and they tell us what they want, all these specifications and what the, the minimum is. And it you, you follow it or and you learn and you, and you up your own building practices in order to be in accordance with theirs. It, uh, it's just a weird, weird thing. But I, I figured you would deal a lot with that if I, you got into that kind of bills business probably um the the idea of the customer always being right doesn't always come into effect it almost doesn't regulation it doesn't apply in almost any situation it's yeah i disagree with it and you know what a lot of companies a lot of um i don't know telecommunications providers or people that sell electronics or just certain things like that will try to at least make you feel like that's how they treat their customers True. They, they get their customer service representatives to follow guidelines that sort of convey that, which is fair, and it makes, you know, the customers happy, I guess. But at the end of the day, anybody who really knows what's going on knows that the company is just doing what it takes to get good public reputation, and they're doing nothing more than that, the bare minimum. Hey, for all the shit I've said about Kojiko, they gave me over half-price internet for a year, so... Yeah. And that's good for all the shit they put me through. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I yeah, wanted free with for it. six months, but if you do the math, they gave me what I wanted. But it's just dispersed just over a year, out, which keeps you paying them. So yes, it's probably looks better on their end. Well, I mean, when you consider how uh, internet companies and phone companies, which I guess are one of the same, deal with apartment buildings, this is a Kojigo building. So it doesn't matter. Kojiko is making money on this building with or without me. So the fact that they're still making half of what they should be making, I think there still has to be done by Kojiko yeah. or the Kojiko subsidiaries like Tech Savvy and whatnot. That's a... I wonder if... Because I, I know specifically for when I used to get internet or, or phone service or whatever growing up, there would be certain providers that were available in the region, but some just wouldn't service an area. And now the main difference between this podcast and the last one is I've now agreed to buy a house, so I'm going to be a homeowner at some point. But I wonder what there's limitations on who will service me, because it, it's in the house is in Welland. It's in like downtown Welland, so you'd think that you'd have options, but maybe not. Well, I mean, you'll be guaranteed Kojiko, most likely. Most likely, yeah. But but even the big telecommunications providers like Rogers and Bell tend to have lines everywhere. Rogers, for the longest time here, I, I don't know if you were in school. You were in school here, like January twenty fifteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. So when I was getting this apartment, I wanted to switch from Kojiko entirely, just because. And I had my I have my phone with Rogers, so I went to Rogers. And I'm like. 
I'm here to check out internet plans. They're like, oh, for your phone? Like, no, for my apartment. They're like, oh, we don't do that. In the whole region. Strange. I've never tried to get Rogers home internet here. See, they they did it. My parents, I grew up with Rogers internet. Yeah, so did I. But they they didn't service it back then. I don't know if they do now, but I have a funny feeling that they don't still for some reason. Just about every piggybacks on Bell's lines. So I don't I imagine it would be doable, but as a student, I only ever had Bell, Kojiko, Bell and, and Kojiko. maybe some weird off, you know, third, third party one. Yeah, the, I, the worst internet I had was at Residence. Yeah, the Residence internet was pretty shitty when I was at Brock University. You sound good. Oh, I sound great. I gotta, I gotta check this thing sometimes messes yeah. up, and I'm sure the audience it, knows it that. It messed up in the in the Mugs and Meeples one. Did I cut out for a long period of time? You didn't cut out, but you became very, very quiet. For the rest of the... No, show. it would cut out and then cut back yeah, in. Yeah, I don't know. So I just kind of left it as is. We were playing Connect 4. It was fine. Yeah. You got the gist of it. That's good. Um, no, the, the residence internet in Niagara sucked. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. I don't even know who the provider was for that. But the funny thing is the campus internet is still to this date the fastest internet I've ever used. Campus internet at Niagara was good. But I was probably like 500 feet too far for them to bother connecting me to that stuff. But geesh, I think I was pulling like 120 megabit per second download speeds. Like it was good. And that was, it probably is better now, but it was fast. (laughs) Yeah. No problem. Go... uh, if I had torrents to download, because occasionally I would, and whether the you know perfectly legal torrents that are shared from peer to peer, right? The, um, the files I sent you, you could yeah, I could just stick legal. like a three gigabyte file on download and you know have it like in minutes. It was fantastic. I remember doing that at Niagara. Yeah, uh, I I was smart um, when I realized how bad the wired internet was in residence and like fuck this if it's so slow i checked got nelson to help me because it was stupid back then still am but speed test on that well we speed tested it but then he's like yeah it sucks so you might as well go wireless so got a got a wireless router and i was one of the only people that had my my own little wireless connection so oh. i didn't have to be plugged in they didn't have wireless oh really in it's Brock- disgusting to think, but that was eight years ago. Eight years yeah. ago, almost to the day. I don't know when Brock got it, but when I came in as a student, it would have been still 2012, my first year of university. Wireless was everywhere. It got a lot better over the course that I was in university, but even when I, I got there, the whole campus was wireless. You could connect anywhere. Niagara got Wi-Fi for residents, I believe, in 2013, the September 2013. Okay. Because I remember Justin had moved out of my apartment at that point, and Jessica's brother had moved in as he was waiting for residence, and he was worried because he was a gamer about how his internet speeds would be affected quite a bit. I bet they would. (laughs) I was lucky enough, if you look at it that way, to just entirely quit gaming for the period I was in university. I didn't really play games at all. I, I remember... The only time I ever played anything was if it was, like, Nintendo, like a retro thing. Yeah, I guess if I was at a buddy's place, you'd play something. Or one time my brother came up to visit and spend the night and hang out with college girls. Nice. 
Um, and we played Xbox. I think we played a game of hockey or something like that. We had fun. You got to meet college girls, go for dinner with college people and see the TV studio at Niagara. That would be pretty cool. I'd like to see that now as as an adult that's been to university. Just go, uh, walking go. through university. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Walking through university and college campuses is always like a well, especially stimulating experience. This, like this week, we it, it's very easy to go. Don't really oh, have much yeah. availability this hey, week. And there's probably free pizza somewhere. Pizza Pizza is well, probably there with a truck. Well, definitely at Brock, we could just go to the uh, to the. Oh, we, I'm an alumni, so I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> and I'm an alumni of Niagara. Sure. Let's plan a day, um, and just take a look at Niagara College. There was a winery tour for alumni. I keep getting emails, but there was a, a winery tour for students. But you still I don't have to get pay. emails anymore. You still have to pay for it. So I don't know. It's like I could just do this not with a bunch of students and maybe some more cultured adults than. A bunch of twenty-five-year-olds. So. It's just general alumni, or is it your course-specific alumni? I think it's just general alumni. I don't know how that stuff gets organized. Probably because I'll never really take advantage of any of it. But yeah, it's general. So I come back and meet your friends. It's like, yeah, none of them will probably show up. And if they do, I got to coordinate it with them anyways. And I could just coordinate to meet up anywhere else. So why am I going to do it at the university? Exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering. I've got uh, I've got two years left. Does the two years left? Does the Tilsonburg High School do a ten-year high Ooh. school reunion? I'm. I don't even. I don't know how that works either. How do they find you? I mean, I'm a pretty public person, I but I also wasn't that memorable in high school. I like to think that if I was in high school right now, I'd look horrible for sixteen. But yeah, um, I'd be a little bit more memorable. Whereas. <laughs> But you develop so many social skills over the course of going yes. through high school and then afterwards and once you hit the real world. and I did not want to be so myself in high school. so It'd be so easy to do now. Fuck, and if you could like... Yeah, you could take advantage of every trend that went on and just, just jump on board and, and be less unique but look more unique. That's the gist of it, I guess. So, we'll see. I don't know. I... I will at least keep everyone, but I don't know if we'll be doing it, but 10 years, two years from now, we'll see if A, we're still doing this. Two years is a long time. This is episode, this is episode 30, yeah, by the way. Oh, we got to commit to it. This is almost effortless, really. I mean, it's a little bit of setup. Now that we got too much, we got so much freaking equipment now. It's but kind it of sounds ridiculous. good. It sounds good, and it looks good. And we need one more of these, and we can do legitimate... I mean, the mic stand and the microphone. Oh, the mic, we can yeah. do legitimate interviews without having to worry about their microphone dying with a minute thirty left. I'm almost say just screw the stand. You could buy one of the little pro, like a little tripod for like a table or sure. something. And whoever's even me sitting here, I would be happy to as long as you got the pop filter, stick that down and use that instead of using it. Because it'd get bulky if there was three stands. There'd be a bunch that of metal true. bars in front of us and a third chair. Yeah, <laughs> and a third chair. Although the standing didn't seem that weird. No, well, I wasn't the one standing, so I guess I wouldn't didn't really notice. Um, no, I, I, it's funny. Every so often, I'll talk to somebody and they'll tell me their name, and I'm like, shit, I went to school with somebody with your name. And it's a unique name. So then I check them out on Facebook because I forgot they existed. It's a lot of. I have memories of my graduating class being a lot smaller than it actually was because I found my yearbook when I was packing up. I'm like, fuck, there were a lot of us probably about 120 
people in my grade. Yeah, it not eh, maybe around there. Problem is, is if I don't remember people, there's a fucking good chance that a lot of them don't remember me. No, I don't remember most people. I don't remember almost anybody on the spot. But if I was to go through the yearbook and look at faces, eh, yeah, maybe remember forty percent of the students. I think Justin and I did a wedding at a Tilsonburg golf course. I think it was uh, the summer of 2016, so six years after I graduated high school. And there was this girl that was working at the golf course and in high school she was friggin gorgeous and i may or may not have you know liked the fact she was friggin gorgeous and she knew who i was in high school she had absolutely no idea who the fuck i was six years later i don't know if it was because i got fat or she erased me from her memory or there's just too many other experiences in six years i'm like i meant nothing you erase me from existence. But that being said, it's not hard to do. After six years, you've not known me longer than you've known me. It's true. It's very true. I, in fact, the people that I do remember, the people that I went to grade school and high school with. There were lots of those at my high school too, so that helps a little bit. Although I've forgotten some of those people too, even though I spent, you know, a decade of my life with them. <laughs> it's funny how that goes. And then college, because they say you're supposed to make, like you make friends in high school, they're not your forever friends or whatever. But even in college, I definitely have, I definitely know a lot more people from my college course than I did high school. But yeah. even then... I've retained connections with about as many from grade school to high school to high school to university. It's all... I have more similar. college contacts, but unfortunately some of them are just that contacts yeah, that's different there there are, there are of, friends but there's friends that i never see anymore there i could easily i would say i would more easily talk to people that i was in university with just casually like hey i saw you do this business thing now and i want to talk about it or whatever but but still i don't really keep in contact with most of them because the other thing is too the people that you went to grade school with and high school with it's sort of this it was all located probably around your parents' town, and everybody has these origins from a similar place. You go to university, everybody's origins everywhere. So the, as soon as university is over, they're all gone for one, and and just like you know, maybe in grade school, those people have spread out too. But they all at least have the same origin places you do for the most part, as long as you didn't move around too much as a kid. So you have a lot more in common with those people than you do people in university. That's true. Although people in university or college, you'd argue probably are doing more with their lives. You'd hope. So maybe they, you have more reason to keep in contact with them because they provide other opportunities and you might provide opportunities to them. Some of my best friends that are still in Tilsonburg, because I still have a few, um, the reason why I'm still able to keep contact with them is because I know exactly where they are. They're in Tilsonburg. Yep. And they don't seem to be going anywhere. And that's, to me, that's sad, but they seem happy. <laughs> it is it's true, too. When I go to see my parents, I know where many of my friends are i'd be like hey there's their house i could just stop bring their doorbell and i could hang out with them it wouldn't be too difficult to imagine doing that but you don't no i used to you used to it's getting there's less and less of them now a lot of them have moved out of their parents houses luckily that's good moved on to other places or their parents themselves have moved and they've gotten with them <laughs> uh i wouldn't i don't want to ever think about as much as i love them i don't want to live with my parents again not for an extended period of time. No, I couldn't do it. A few days here, a few days there. 
maybe a week tops. Oh, I could visit my parents anytime, really. It'd be great, but it's, I know, I could never do the living with them thing again. Uh, the mentioned him last week, mentioned him again. John Bamford, that house that he built, the giant house, the beautiful basement. Yeah. Uh, when they were homeless as the house was being built, because they had to knock down their farmhouse to build that house. Okay. Uh, he lived with his wife, his wife's parents for about a year as the house was being completely done. Now, to be fair, he was building, I don't know what the real estate's like out there, but out here, that's probably like a $2 million kind of place. I don't know. There's a lot of property too, so maybe more. But. Yeah, there's there's. Some, I don't know exactly what it would be worth, but it, it would it would be a pretty good chunk of yeah. change. And it is more in a rural area, but I'm sure there's so much land around it that it really is still a very expensive property. I mean, the construction materials for the house alone probably look and and labor probably about a million for just the house. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It was cool. It was cool to see it being made, just because it was so grand even in its construction mm -hmm. once all the cement was laid and whatnot you can get a feel for everything it definitely feels big there is no second floor we saw it's just a it's, it's a, a basement bungalow. and a ground floor yeah but it is it's sprawling bungalows have that feel though just being so spacious even though you know you don't really have the tall ceilings upstairs. tall ceilings both yeah. Ceil basement ceilings fairly tall but then the actual like upstairs ceiling they've also vaulted sections yeah. and stuff yeah they're, it's pretty big <sighs> i don't know i don't know if i would want to live in such an opulent place i was thinking about that um must have been this morning and maybe it was last night i don't know because we're talking about equipment i've been doing a lot of searching because there there's some equipment upgrades that should happen there's always things to buy absolutely there, there is and maybe bags definitely need the nas and yada 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 like a good lav system regardless which is should we tell the story about our mic system from the wedding we just did yesterday because i think it's it's kind of an interesting two weddings situation. out of the out of the entire collection of weddings that we've done have said no the one yesterday okay so so what what happened is we, we have an h2 microphone is it's not a large microphone by any stretch it's in fact i think the smallest one that zoom makes and what we usually do and with this to be fair it's not that much bigger than an actual if we had a clip for it so it could actually clip on yeah. it wouldn't be that much bigger than a receiver no if, no, if at def all definitely not we we just plug a little lavalier microphone in that and during the ceremonies when there's vows being given and things like that we can hook it up with, to the groom because the groom has pockets in his in his suit typically and then you get good audio. It's better than hooking into any other system, and, and it's it's consistent. But we, you know, the groom refused to do it. I don't really blame him. He it didn't look good the way that it was. It was a very form-fitting suit. It a was a bit more form-fitting than was. others. And and there was no way to you know the pants pockets are always pretty tight. Wouldn't really get in there. So anyways, it was a last-minute thing. We're like, okay, we don't really get that audio now. But it is one of those things where we've been talking about a wireless lavalier system. That would fix that problem. That wouldn't have happened had we a live, uh, wireless lavalier system. So yes, there's advantages to it. No, I know. The I'll tell you a story. Okay. I don't know if we if we mentioned it before, but the reason why this came into existence is wedding number two on the books. She had wedding one didn't have a lav, didn't need a lav, should have had a lav, but didn't have one. Okay. Wedding number two was at the Cambridge Mill. 
with a beautiful four-walled glass room to do the ceremony. Now the problem with the glass room is as beautiful as it was, there was an awful lot of echo. There would be. And the groom did not speak great English. The minister did not speak great English. Oh boy, was that audio pretty unusable. Mm -hmm. And I tried everything, including going back to my sound uh, professor in college. UCL. He's probably got some echo reduction techniques. Yep. And we did oh. our best. Spent Adobe Audition has some good ones now. Now it does. Yeah. We spent a good, probably about two hours together trying to fix it. And mm -hmm. he's like, get a lavalier. Uh -huh. Like, I know. And I got an Audio-Technica lavalier. And it works. And it's affordable. It's not wireless. But... I mean, it sounds great. I don't. It sounds great. There's, I don't think we need no anything better. Issue. No better sound wise, really. Now the idea, the you know, Audio Technica does make a wireless system. Yeah, they do, and it's quite an affordable system. Yeah. Anyways, that's why sometimes the purchases are what seem are seemingly stupid. We should have purchased them at the beginning, but they are necessary purchases. Oh yeah, the lab system lets us do a lot theoretically with the sound and and there are a lot i don't out of all the ones available in the market because we it would be nice to narrow it down auto technical like you mentioned road sony and tassim has a one too i'm not so sure about that one but tassim or tascam i don't know i just say tassim i don't think i don't know if the c is supposed to be really pronounced because in school all of our sound recorders were tascam Okay. In fact, that was the name when... I probably just pronounced it wrong. I've just never we bothered were, with the C. Um, when, we, when our job in film was sound recording, it, it wasn't called a field recorder. It was just called the Tascam, and it was really? this giant... Zoom like, really gave them a run for their money then, because yeah, a lot of their products are regarded as inferior to what Zoom has. But, well, that... But Zoom doesn't really have a yours. lab system that works for what we need. No, no, they don't. So... Although I was on their website just to see, they have some good, you know, smaller field recorders. Uh, Do you know they make a video camera? No. Yeah. God, what? So Zoom right. makes a video camera that, that is specifically targeted. It's like it's called like the H8 or something, or V8 or something like that. V8. What would does make it, sense? If V stands for video, what does H stand for? Eight, not H. Oh, eight. Okay. And essentially what it is, is it's a field recorder with a camera. Is it the F8? Okay, maybe it's the F8. <laughs> that's what's being, it's, oh no, that's just a, that is a mixer. I don't know. Zoom. See, if I look up zoom camera, it's just going to show me every camera on the market with a zoom lens. So, <laughs> so what, what am I looking at? H8N? I... Nope, Zoom. that's a mixer. Video camera. You, you almost need to go to the Zoom website. I'm going to look up Zoom audio video camera. Okay. Because, oh, here it is. The Zoom Q8. God Q. damn it. Oh, so it's, okay, it's a different level. So Q doesn't refer to anything video-wise so far as I know. Okay. We will put this video up on the screen. Remember that, Jesse. Mm-hmm.
or heard anything like it. The all-new Zoom Q8 Handy Video I like the form factor. Is it fixed focal length? Strange. So strange. So okay, now to be fair, what I'm getting out of this, based on how compact it is, it's almost like a GoPro, but it's just is not supposed to be durability. It's mostly the viewfinder and the audio. Live streaming makes sense. Alright. So you got a shotgun mic, you got a... I don't know what the circular one is, but then you have your typical stereo mic. So with one camera, you can have multiple mic inputs. It's nice. It's a compact package. It negates the purpose of some of the recorders, but at the same time, you could have a much better recorder with a much better camera and and do more in my opinion i don't think it sold well no i don't think so either like think about it you have a thread mount on the bottom of the h4n pro that i have what's to stop you from just sticking that to the bracket on your cam like your dslr setup if you got a big cage around it right like we do now like we do now and you stick the mic on top boom better solution yeah same audio quality probably better video no you're right in fact i was thinking as soon as as soon as we do get the wireless solution, then there's absolutely no reason to, to... I mean, that H2 and even the H4n, for the most part, is fairly light. Give yourselves an a, give us an extra audio source by taking the, the Rode mic and plugging it into the H2 on the cage and then using the camera audio, scratch audio, using the Rode mic as the normal audio and then the lavalier, like... The production value just slowly increases a lot and becomes a little bit more complicated, but I think it pays off. This camera recording the speeches yesterday, there's just so many more editing Which capabilities. Looks extremely silly if you've ever seen it at one of our weddings with a, a T2i strapped with a f2.8 70 to 200. Oh, I know it looks ridiculous. White Canon lens. Like it's, yes. It looks stupid, yes. but it works. Fantastic glass on a camera body that is every bit as capable as any other to record speeches at a distance because you don't need a 5d mark three to record speeches no and it's not like it's there for its great audio quality because the audio isn't picked up from the camera no or anything the audio like is separate it just exists it's an hd feed and it works it does look ridiculous i am well aware of that but that's okay oh what <laughs> Uh, one of my friends wanted to hang out and then I said that I was busy and he asked if I was at a gay bar but then invited me to a gay bar Clifton Hill which I don't know if there's a gay bar but if there was in Niagara Falls it would be on Clifton Hill that seems like a good place for it the only only bar that they have there that I can think of is it's like a brewery oriented one if you've ever seen it and Mardi Gras that's a club yeah I like it Mardi Gras no. Dylan and I did photos there. No, 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 not that one. But that is on Clifton Hill. Okay, well then maybe there's more than 
more than and one. And you know what? Car. On some nights, I guarantee it is a gay night. Yeah. That's I'm pretty that's sure it was a gay night the night that Tila and I did it. She seemed pretty hard set on the fact that it was. Yeah. I, was. I could see that. If you're in Niagara Falls, that's the place. Because the casinos and stuff all got their own thing going on. But And the, and the club scene, I don't really know much about the club scene in Niagara Falls other Apparently than that it's, it's really, really busy. Went to Big Texas. Big once. Texas. There's a country bar. And I went for one of my co-workers' birthdays. Hmm. I rode a bull. <laughs> I've never I never tried that mechanical bull thing, and I don't think I'd be good at it either because I, I would wasn't. not want to injure myself. I, I was watching. It's it's very interesting when you're not a perv and you watch somebody who who's actually good, like the person I went with who rides horses. Antea would probably be very good. Probably. And watching their actual form factor, you can see, okay... So Most like people, when they ride the bull, they're flop. rigid, right? But you want to probably you, you be... want to move with the move. So yeah. there's a lot of hip movement because if you're rigid, it'll throw you off. Mm -hmm. But if you go with the movement, yeah, being a man and just doing that looks weird. Doesn't work. It's gonna hurt. It did. Yeah, I know. I think women have the clear advantage when it comes to that. Justin sport. wouldn't do it. Justin, it's Justin, a smart idea. Justin has <laughs> a fear of horses. Really? Yeah. Everybody's got a weird fear around here. If his fear is horses, and yours is like reptiles and stuff, and Tila's is monkeys. Mon monkeys. I haven't met an animal yet that I would say is scary. Okay, I I have um a housemate that I don't. I guess he probably would say it's not a fear, but he really <laughs> seems to care about snakes. Like he doesn't like snakes. We go hiking a lot. I'm worried about snakes. I don't. Not worried about a snake. I could. Uh, Literally any snake, even the rattlesnakes in Canada, I will pick that damn thing up by the tail if I needed to for some reason. Okay, so here's the thing. Sure, about, I could step on it and get bit, but what the reptile thing? Okay, one Justin's also afraid of birds. Just birds are reptiles, kind of. Okay, for mine, very evolved reptiles. Maybe we should get like a like a one of those jungle people on here to talk reptiles. Like the, a lady with like a bird on her shoulder and well, a no, snake. Like they, they have, I don't know what his name would be, Jungle Sam or something, reptile thing for parties. Get somebody to talk about reptiles. Anyways, I'm just talking. It's, it sounds like um, SciShow Talk Show or whatever the one Hank Green's got where they get like the, this one lady that has like an animal sanctuary that's always on. But um, I've, t I've, I, I I am surprised by them mostly. I feel like I, I don't find them wonderful animals, but if you and I also am not a giant fan of touching them, but if you have a snake around your neck and it's consistently around your neck, I'll be okay. If I looked down and saw a snake, Yes, I would jump. I'm very jumpy around them. I, I'm immediately just fascinated. Like, I like to, if I could get close and take a picture or do something, I'd get right on that. And, and really, the only situation which I regularly would encounter them is on vacation. Like, there's lots of lizards and things if you're, if you're down in the tropics. But in Canada, there's still plenty of snakes. And that world-famous spider photo of yours. Speaking of which, <laughs> high from the microwave. High from the microwave. <laughs> huh. It was not a good segue. I no, it was going to look. It's going to be boxed, maybe. I don't know. But I hope you got to it, or else this isn't going to make much sense. 
Anyways, spider. Yeah, no spider photo. I would gladly get that close to like a snake. It might lunge at my. I've actually I have had a snake lunge at my lens. It was just a garter snake, but it like literally hit its head on the front of my lens as I was trying to get a good macro shot. Could have gotten bitten, but didn't. I have been bitten by a garter snake before. It was just kind of feels like if what you'd think a staple would feel like if you like onto your hand and it pierced you. Oh God. <laughs> I don't even know if I should talk about this in the podcast. Anyways, there was an accident that I saw on a construction site. I'm not going to name names or okay. say who who did it. Somebody the other day put a nail right through their foot. Like... Through their foot? Yeah, like nail gun. And this is a different person, the person that put a nail right through their hand? That person's gone. It's probably a good thing. Yeah, it is. They're a bit of a safety hazard. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody put a nail right through, like... Sort of the meat. It wasn't wasn't just the webbing. It was like pretty deep in there, but it and it shot right through head of the nail, right there. And it was it, it looked painful, but it's not the worst. Through the foot, like you looked at the boot, the steel toe boot, and it was behind the steel toe, so it was like it was right going through. And then the head of the nail was sticking at the the boot. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, I guess that could happen. A lot of times you're nailing on things on the ground, and maybe you just slip with the gun, or you're not paying attention to something you need to be, and yeah, that would hurt quite a lot although it, it seems like a very common thing for people to shoot themselves because like everybody has a story of when they've done it with the with the nail guns they're really yeah, really powerful things anyways those nail guns i've shot myself kind of i had a curve out of a piece of wood because i hit a knot or something and it was i, I double tapped the gun and it curved and it got me in like the meat of the, the palm of my hand but that wasn't too bad that it just hurt for like the rest of the day and I was at didn't go in too far. Alice's sister's stag and doe with Tila. We were doing a photo booth there, and they did the. There was a stag and doe game where you have to hammer in a nail. I love that game. I'd kill that game now that I've been doing my work. Well, I did not. I hit the nail and it went flying off the wood, and cut Tila. Uh, it's just strange for it to have that much momentum. But she was standing right beside me. Okay. Maybe I got the story wrong. That one, for some reason, doesn't sit right. I tell a lot of stories that I'm confident in, but I feel like that one's true. If it's not buried in enough to start, if you hit a nail, it can definitely zing out if you glance the side of it. But hmm. From what I remember, the fewest hits to get it through the wood is usually, for most people, I don't. it probably depends on the hammer you have and the type of nail you use, but the games that I've, I've seen played, the winner usually gets like four strikes and typically to the nail and i know i could definitely do that at least that well now even with like a three and a half inch nail so just start crashing some stag and does well, it's not crashing I you know. buy a ticket yeah some of them some of them are more oriented towards family and friends like they're kind of out of the on the city limits where people aren't really going to show up or go to them and they don't really advertise them as much but my father is the king of the toonie toonie toss yeah he always wins for some reason you usually get the bucket of booze or something from that one yeah <sighs> yeah i've i've photographed stag and does but i've never really been to one as a guest i put <laughs> i put a lot of money down on one of the ones that i i photographed because they had um a draw for tat like a i think it was like two or three hundred dollars of tattoos with an artist and i was like well i, I put a good like 25 bucks into that one just to on the draw just in case i'd get it didn't get it don't have a bunch of tattoos unfortunately 
I was going to ask, but no. I didn't think you did. No. Good deal, really. I, mean, yeah, I think the person who won it probably didn't put in more than 40 bucks, so lots of tattoos. No, that is good. Um, I've donated to Stag and Do's. I've been to a few. I won a booze bucket at a Stag and Doe. And they ripped you off. They did. Yeah. The old fill the rum bottle with water trick. Which I didn't know was an old trick. But it's a good good that you just stuck it in the freezer to cool it down because then you didn't have to drink it, which is true. Probably nice. I wouldn't if I took a sip of water expecting it to be rum, I would be fairly disgusted. Justin, I think we've told this story, but it's it's one of my favorite haha stories. Um Connor's girlfriend Alice uh, and Connor were over at Jessica in my apartment. Justin was there. We were all partying. And Jessica agreed to walk with Connor to go get us cigars. So Justin, Alice, and I are there. And we're like, let's play a joke on Connor. So we took his brown rum, his dark rum, emptied it out into a pitcher, and filled it up with iced tea that was watered down to be the same darkness of the rum as the rum. Connor proceeded to come back and was drinking the the rum in his his cokes, which was watered down iced tea. Yeah, and he was drinking a lot of it. He's like, I just, I don't know, I can't get drunk. That's funny. And Alice is drinking iced tea. <laughs> At least he didn't start whatnot. acting drunk. No, he, he's sober as a judge. Um, so he can't get drunk. Alice is drinking his rum, which he was going to. So he thinks she's just drinking iced tea with whatever, and. I give I go to the kitchen and I get iced tea. And I'm like, Justin, because Justin doesn't like taking shots. I'm like, it's iced tea. Be a man. And we go and we're like, cheers. And he goes and it's rum. Yeah. It's not iced tea. Yeah. And he's like as well as it he chokes on it like like he would. <laughs> if you weren't expecting rum. Exactly. And then he's like, Oh my god, I hate you. But that was so funny. Cause he thought it was iced tea that was supposed to be rum. And, but at the end of the day, it worked out because Connor, having finished 90% of the bottle, was like, I, I can't drive home. And then we laughed, and he drove home. <laughs> <laughs> the only bad thing is his girlfriend drank all his rum. But that, Wouldn't that be something? You don't feel anything the whole night, and you're halfway home, and it just kicks in, and you're like on the side of the road just like, no. I can't do this. I gotta. <laughs> no. I gotta take a nap or something. <laughs> Fuck. Uh. Um. I, re- I read a news article that the Niagara ride was out and about. Uh, I believe last night or Friday night. You know, that's a very important thing. They were they were out in Lincoln and there were no uh, driving under the influence charges laid, but there were some violations. <laughs> Lots of times it's insurance violations. Um, but there was one just out of the blue report where the police said, yeah, we had a vehicle that smelled incredibly like marijuana, but we couldn't lay any charges. <laughs> they said that they smelled marijuana but didn't do anything. Well, was there a passenger in it? What, what they was... didn't go into detail. Because if it's a driver by themselves, you'd think they'd have to investigate so. So I'm assuming there was a passenger, but they didn't go into details. The article was supposed to be positive. No, driving under the influence charges were but late. somebody reeked of weed. 
Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if just all the vaporizers and the other techniques, well, I guess there's lots of ways to consume weed without having a smell or like a noticeable... Vaporizers do it quite yeah. well. It, if people are just using that and driving high, it'd probably be pretty hard to catch a lot of those people. My friend, name, nameless, name, name shall remain nameless. Uh, back in college, I don't know if vaporizing technology has come a long way in eight years, but he had this beautiful vape, but it was the size of the Keurig. Of a Keurig. And he would put the pot in the Keurig. Okay. In the vape. <laughs> new, new Keurig K-cups K or whatever they call them. Now uh, pot cups. <laughs> um or uh m cups but he'd put the pot in the in the vape and it would do its thing and it was the most pure way to smoke pot <laughs> it didn't it was i i suppose it might not have even been um kind of pungent at that point but it, it was just the smoke was so pure there was I've no smell. There was never, no nothing. I've never seen somebody use one, so I don't really and know. And it was probably the most high I've ever been. Like, <laughs> pie-eyed high. It was something. I, I guess for a... Mm, if you're not smoking it, you're probably not going to really bug your lungs. Because I don't... Although, I mean, people are committed to smoking stuff, probably don't get that irritated because people just smoke cigarettes, like chain-smoking, so... So maybe it's not that much of a deterrent, but I suppose with the vaporizers, you could probably not notice how much you're consuming. Just like the edibles, where they have all these stories when they legalize <laughs> weed in places, and, and people want to do it for the first time, and they eat the whole bar, but they're supposed to eat the fifth of the bar, and they're out on the rooftop just screaming into the night, not tried, knowing what's going on. I haven't tried on. edibles yet. I've had a cookie. Cookie. I... And more than one place that I've worked, people have brought them into work, and then my coworkers would just eat them, and just enjoy the day that way. And I, th I thought it was kind of funny. I never bothered to do that kind of stuff while I was there, but it was, yeah, clandestine way of doing it. I, the only time I ever did something bad on the job is I drank a specific flavored schnapps at a specific job on my last shift mm -hmm. uh, being a specific root beer flavored schnapps at a unspecified fast food restaurant <laughs> nice and it tasted with root beer delicious you could just root beer schnapps I've never seen that at an LCBO and I don't it, it sounds good I mean everybody's got the um, I guess you just call them like alcoholic sodas hard, hard yeah hard sodas, sodas. um I've never liked the root beer ones that much because they're not A and W root beer. This one was a very vanilla based yeah. root beer. It was it was good. Hmm. It was a good night. If A and W came out with a alcoholic root beer, I'd try it. Probably pretty good. Probably. I've I've tried to mix in stuff. I don't know what to use. I think I've used whiskey. I've used rum. Neither of them really tasted that great. Maybe, Why wouldn't you maybe use vodka like a would be vanilla better. rum? Vanilla rum, maybe. Who? Who makes vanilla rum? So I've like, seen it. I can't. Yeah. I mean, or is it van no? It'd be so. so there's well, a vanilla rum. I know there is. I know there's um, vanilla Crown Royal, which people put in 
Coke and then it's that like would vanilla work Coke. Too. Probably. Although it already tastes like vanilla. That's true. So now we need to go take a trip to an LCBO to investigate what <laughs> has vanilla in it, and we got to go to college or university campus. Yeah. Is it what? Okay. When does a week start and end for these? I, I know. Move-in date was supposed to be this, this weekend, weekend for yeah. Niagara College, at least. So it would probably start this weekend. I'll look up the Brock one if you look up the Niagara College one. Sure. It's I'm a, looking up a week? Yeah. I really miss a week of university, and, and there's nothing quite like the first year. When, it, mostly because it was um, a lot of people trying to organize like stuff. I was in residence, and they're like, divide you into teams and have a bunch of activities for you, which was interesting. I never talked to like any of those people after that day, but you're supposed to keep in contact contact with them and participate in stuff. I just forgot about it and just did my classes. It's put on by the University Student Union at Barack. They have a countdown timer. They're calling it Badger Fest. It's September 2nd, <laughs> so today to the 8th. Uh, moving day was Sunday, so moving day is today. They have a kickoff party and a live burn where they burn down I think a dorm room. They set one up like in the um, in a field, like a field. Okay, maybe this is not what? something that other universities. They all have weird practices, but what they do is a fire safety PSA almost, and an interesting event is they set up like a three-walled dorm room in in one of the the fields or whatever, and they set up with a bunch of furniture and student-related stuff, and then later they get the you know fire truck out there and a whole fire squad, and they just light it on fire to show how quickly fire can spread in a dorm situation and, and cool it's um it's a Weird, safety psa but cool they, I, they've always done it it's, it's interesting to watch it's probably happening right this second and i'd actually would like to go see the university university kind of know that i know what's happening hmm. and there's a tower party whatever that means friday september 7th is the carnival and vendor fair at niagara college the orientation vendor. day tuesday september 4th hmm. see brock usually has two days of the uh the vendor vendor club or whatever which is when all the free pizza is available and that happens to be the tuesday and the wednesday and they have a video game tournament and a movie night and a comedy night which is actually pretty good when i went they had some kind of legit comedian come what in day? on it's monday for so it's tomorrow what time I'm sure I could figure that out. Should I click the right links? Do you want to go watch a comedy show? Uh, if we can somehow get in, yeah. I bet we could get in. I can figure out a time. <laughs> if you can figure out the time, I can... Fender uh... Fair, Video Game Tournament, Wellness Fair, Paint Afternoon, Condom, Casino, and Dirty Bingo. That That's fun. I, the first year I did that, basically just playing poker with condoms. I <laughs> didn't... I won a few... No, I might have won in one game. I didn't get very far with it, but I got a lot of condoms, so that was good. Uh, Isaac Pub Night. Okay, I guess I, I will describe one thing that is illicit activity that I've conducted on this podcast. There was Isaac's Pub, or I don't even know what they call it, the Sky Bar or whatever, at the time at Brock. Um, they had an event, and it wasn't actually 19+, plus, although this one does say 19+. plus. But what they did do is they had a bunch of bouncers and other people but it was slightly more organized to catch students who had been drinking that were underaged and i didn't know anything about this or, or the circumstances but at that the night when one of those events was going on during a week i was i was 
hang out with this beautiful Scottish lady and then a couple of her friends. Anyways, I ended up with a fat chick. <laughs> didn't really work, but it was fine because there was a chance I might get laid with one of her friends if I stayed in contact. Um, I was drinking the whole night with a bunch of these girls. Nice. I was underage for sure. Nice. And at one point they suggested we go to this place and I didn't understand that it would be secured in such a way. So I get to the door and I'm probably like seven or eight drinks in like i'm pretty far in and they talk to her and then whatever and they're like go ahead go in and then they get to me and they're like you look like you've been drinking and i'm <laughs> thinking oh fuck <laughs> and they're like okay we need to do a sobriety test i'm like okay and they're like, we need you to stand on one foot with your arms outstretched and count backwards from 15 and i proceeded to do that i was drunk i was definitely drunk at the time but i did it I didn't fuck it up. And they just looked at me like, okay, go in. And that was the end of that. That's an encounter. But I could have got charged with underage drinking that night. (laughs) They let me in. Eh, That's an accountability thing. You did it. I did it. (laughs) And and now I know that I could probably pass a field sobriety test should I ever need to do that. But I couldn't drive that drunk. There's no way. (laughs) So I won't need to do that. Uh, no, I I don't. I am a zero tolerance driver. It's uh, I I tend to use. I've probably talked about it before, but the Alkadroid app, I've nonstop been using it since November. You can time it out and know what your blood alcohol content's going to be over the night. And if since you can, the warn range is point zero five for us, and the legal limit is point zero eight. If I'm below the warn range. And it's after a night where I've had one, two, three, whatever drinks, and there's been so many hours lapsed that I'm well under even the worn range, so that my blood alcohol contents maybe point zero, I don't know, two five or something, something like that. It's really low. I don't know. I I tend to drive still. It's not really an impact on your reaction times or anything. I don't think as much at that point. It'd probably be more distracting to be tired or something. I would think. But but yeah, no, I mean it's really where do you draw that limit because if you if you were to go out and have a a drink at a bar at the beginning of a night and you know four hours have passed it's probably near zero anyways or it is zero because they say you're supposed to process like a drink an hour i don't really know it probably depends on the drink but yeah. it's hard to know exactly when your blood alcohol content is zero even with the app still kind of a guess and i'm sure when you signed up for the app it doesn't have any accountability for what you're exactly which is fair but i i trust it it seems to be a relatively good tracker of drinking i know if i've had a certain number of drinks and i feel i feel a certain level of inebriation it's consistent with the same number of blood alcohol content in the app uh what was your blood alcohol level the day of shane and heather's wedding (laughs) i can that's the thing i have a record of what happened and what where it was at specific points during the night. <laughs> I don't know what the easiest way to find out. Oh, is that it? There's <laughs> a lot of them. Weekly. It's really... I don't like the way that you navigate through from date to date. But that was on the... The 18th of August. 18th of August. Oh, sorry, I'm back in the right area. So yeah, 18th of August. The peak blood alcohol content that I reached was 0.186. So, it's pretty high. That's well more than double the legal limit of drive. Uh, 
they have colors and that I've, I've just entered the red zone not good yeah yeah i would say you that looked like you were in the red zone it's interesting too because i can definitely <laughs> say that there's a there's a quantifiable amount of enjoyableness of drunk where people would say, you know, it can increase the fun of your night up to a certain point, and then it sort of makes it more of an issue the next day or whatever, like if you have hangovers or something. I could say that confident with confidence, anything over 0.13 doesn't really help the situation anymore. Like, it doesn't... That's fair. And like, it makes stuff like getting in a car afterwards and having someone drive you around kind of nauseating. I've always... I, I didn't really have that issue at first because I would never really be in a situation where somebody has to drive me home, but I don't like sitting in a car after drinking. I always feel sick, and then I immediately just need to start chugging water to feel any better. But by the time I get home, it's usually okay. But no, it's a, keeping the blood alcohol content below 0.13 is a good idea. <laughs> Probably. So it's more enjoyable that way. It's those damn... Um, um. Uh, shit. Uh, Jaeger bombs. There we go. Those aren't Jaeger bombs are gross. I don't know why they anybody does gross. them. I still haven't ever tried Jägermeister by itself. I don't know if it's supposed to taste good or or what, but I don't know. It doesn't taste good with Red Bull, and I don't mind the taste of Red Bull that much. So it can't <laughs> it can't taste good at all. Yeah. Anyways. I got things I gotta do. We gotta wrap this one up. Plus, we have been going for about an hour anyways. It's been a while. Okay, sounds good. Um, no, no end or abrupt uh, segue this year, this time, but uh, uh, comedy show, if you can find it, I'm free tomorrow night. Free for a comedy night. And then next week, sometime podcast, uh, probably next, uh, if I can figure out our mayoral candidate. You'll know, but because you'll be watching. Yeah, but I don't know because lots of weddings. Two next week. It's busy wedding season. If you're getting married, call, call us. DH Media. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye, microwave. Goodbye, microwave. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You read my mind. Ah. Oh, there's a shit still jammed in there. <laughs> uh. Eric, shit remover. There we go. <laughs> Turn it on. <laughs>